Hey everybody, it's Lauren Ash. Welcome to a whole new year of Giving It Up For Less. That's right, it is 2020 officially. And I know what you're thinking. Has Lauren made a New Year's resolution to stop oversharing? Good news for you, I have not. So buckle up, buttercups, because we got a whole new year of overshares coming your way, starting right now. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everybody, this is Lauren Ash. Welcome once again to Giving It Up For Less, a podcast about oversharing. How's it going, guys? So excited about today's episode. We have a dear friend of mine on the show. You may know him from a show called Superstore. Also, he is one of the creators of a brand new Netflix show called Chicago Party Ant. Give it up for John Barinholtz. Hey. Thanks so much for being here. This is so much fun. Yeah, right? Yeah. We've known each other for a long time. I was a host at Second City when you were on the main stage there. In Chicago, in yeah. In Chicago. And a host is just a fancy word for I, I clean up adult puke. <laughs> People yeah. who were overserved, I would mm-hmm. seat them and then clean up their vomit. Totally. And yeah, you were the star of the Second City stage. So funny. Oh. And... Now we get to work together on a show in Hollywood. It's the greatest it's amazing. Thing. It's the greatest thing. And yeah. I think that people may forget too. People who watch the show, obviously, John plays the very hilarious character Marcus. But you came into the show as my love interest. That was yes, your that's first right. introduction. Yes. Which, yeah. Which we keep trying to bring back in improvisation. So hard. And <laughs> they they haven't bit yet. And you know what? That's why we just keep forcing it in there. Keep. Re- that's like how I just always improvise that Dina has military experience. <laughs> yeah. They've never used it, but I just keep bringing <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> I just love doing what I can to try and make my own dreams become superstore canon, you know? Oh, my God. Um, so many things. So I I like to have a theme for every episode, yes. obviously. And when I was thinking about, you know, oh, what theme should I have for John? I was just like, you know, I just feel like you're one of the nicest people like I know. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe you're a monster behind closed doors. I don't know. Um, but uh, so the, the theme for today's episode is kind to a fault. Yeah. Because I feel like this is something that I suffer from. Uh, which sounds like a brag, but it's really no, no, is no, it's kindness actually, to a fault. It's actually, it's 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 detrimental. It's it detrimental. bad. Like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's right. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. And so I thought I was like, listen, I and listen, and also this is I feel like a chance for us to get to know each other yeah. more. You know what I yeah. mean? I want to hear about the times that you've done things that were too nice and you paid the price for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, there's there's many. I mean, you're. You're Canadian, so you're Canadian nice. Right. And I'm Midwest nice. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is. It really is kind of the yeah. same thing. And, you know, it's... it's Predators are out there. <laughs> and, yes! And we welcome them with open arms. I know! I know! It's so true. I hate to use the term empaths, but I feel like, you know... Um, not far off. Not far off. Yeah, you know, I think it's just... It's it's such a true thing. And L.A. is a... It's a... It's a it's a hole. Yes. <laughs> it's a real kind of yes. like black hole of delusion and um, just shittiness. Yes. And it's good to have, it's good to be out here and get a little bit of that edge, you know, sure. and like taste it. So it's like, oh, okay, I can, I could have probably done things better uh, with right. a little bit of that edge. Uh, but it's, I would much rather come from the, the backgrounds we came from and come out here than yeah. start here and then have to learn how to be 
Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that. I'd rather my base be nice. Yeah. And adjust from there. Totally. You know, and it's been an interesting, I mean, for me, I'm like always terrified that I've said something too mean. Yes. Like there was one time there was a director on Superstore. I, I, I won't name names, which I know is not normally the case on this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, um, we kept getting the note. It was like bigger, bigger, bigger. And we were all kind of getting frustrated. And then I just said, like a cartoon. And for two days, I was like, why did I have to be so rude? <laughs> that was unnecessary. And Ben Feldman, was like Lauren you are the only person who's still thinking about it it literally didn't even like was, yeah. it didn't like, clock to anybody you were yeah. even speaking yeah you know like, thanks Ben I've already spent thousands of dollars in therapy talking about it <laughs> so it doesn't matter and the long story short is I'm gonna spend thousands more um <laughs> Oh my God. So I was trying to think about like, cause there is again, to your point, so many times that I have been kind to a fault, but the one story that really sticks out to me was this was, this was when I was very new to LA and I was trying to date, which is a disaster zone. <laughs> and I met up with a gentleman and he, he did one of these things that a lot of guys do here, which is like, they want to meet you somewhere close to where they live. Such gentlemen. Such a gentleman. <laughs> From right out of the gate. Um, and so I remember I would drove, I don't even know where. It was far from where I was. And uh, we met up at this bar and we sit down and, uh, you know, we, we order a drink or whatever. And we start to chat. And one of the first things I asked him was, I, I said to him, like, I noticed on your profile, in your dating profile, it says you've been to Thailand. Like, tell me a little bit about that. And he was like, you really want to know? <sighs> and I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. What I, I've, and he's like, well, it's a bit of a different trip for a man to take than a woman. Oh, no. And I was like, oh. wait a minute. Like, what do you mean? Because, again, I'm somebody like I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I've yeah. never been. And he's like, what? Did I get a $15 hand job from a Thai hooker? Of course I did. Uh. Of course I did. This is, again, out of the gate on this date. God. When and he says, do you really want to know? You're probably like, yeah, I want to know about like the hidden beaches. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Did you go to an elephant sanctuary? Um, what about the food? And yeah, no, a fifteen dollar hand job was immediately where he went. Uh, and then I, I guess my face maybe I don't know, like twitched or something at that yeah. point. And he's like, "Well, I mean, they're well kept. They're, they're they're you know given given a good place to stay." And I'm like, "That's you're talking about this woman like she was a zoo oh animal. My God, like they're well fed. They have somewhere to go at night. Like it was like you they're can, free range." Yeah. These are free range hookers. They can run and dig they wherever they run, like. They can be outside, not too long, but you know, between on breaks. On breaks, yes. Uh, you know, they yes. get breaks. They get four breaks. They get four, four five minute breaks a day. God. Oh, just awful. And I was just kind of like, and then he's like, "You're judging me. You're judging me right now, aren't you?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm judging um, the fact that you know you, you're, you're suggesting that this woman had a good life giving yeah. fifteen dollar hand jobs." Um, and so then. Something got brought up and he brought up this music documentary and, and truthfully, I don't remember what it was. And I said, uh, I haven't seen that. And he goes, here's what's going to happen. You and me are going to leave this bar right now. We're going to go back to my apartment and we're going to watch it. And I was like, that is absolutely not happening. I know there's a million reasons why that's not <laughs> happening, but I don't need to get into them. So he's like, so that's a no. I said, no. And then he says to me, so what about a hand job in my car? Uh, Oh my god! And I was like, first of all, this guy's really into the HJs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. What, like, the, what, what is that about? Aim higher, gentlemen. Yeah. Aim yeah. higher. Go for the beach. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was like, and then I was just like, I don't think so. And then he's like, all right, I'm gonna get the check because what's the point? So Jesus. at this point, we've had two sips out of these drinks. I'm not exaggerating. This entire date was maybe eight to nine minutes long. <laughs> 
We pay, he pays the bill. Again, what a gentleman. We go outside and everything in LA for people who don't live in LA is valet. Like literally yes. Runyon Canyon, which is a place you go hiking, has valet. Like yes. everything has a valet in LA. Grocery stores have a valet. So I'm waiting at the valet and he goes, could you drive me to my car? And I said, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and... So uh, then, like, I, and then I find myself in my car with this deplorable human and driving him two blocks. The because, same car he was hoping to get a hand job. Well, and I was like, <laughs> is this part of, like, is this his, like, last ditch effort? Like, maybe if I get in there. Or is this my last five minutes on earth because <laughs> this man's going to kill me? <laughs> Literally, I drove him the two blocks to his car to, again, like, you can't walk the two blocks. It wasn't cold. It wasn't raining. Uh, I was just like, why? And again, but the bigger point, mad at myself. Yeah. Like, why didn't I have a little decency of self-respect to say, no, dude, yeah. go walk to your own car. Yeah. I, I drove him to the car. He got out. The next day, I literally started searching my car for tracking devices. I became convinced that he had, like, he had, like, planted something in my car because I was like, what other reason would there be to, like, I'm take... I'm gonna find her. We're gonna watch that music doc. I swear we're gonna to God, watch it. It's the last thing I do. She's from Canada. She must love Rush. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but the follow-up to all of this, the bottom line to all of this is, is that I went on to Conan and did his show for the first time months later. Yeah. And I told a little snippet of this story. And a few days later, I got a message on social media and this guy had oh. found me and he's literally like, hey, I heard your story on Conan. Obviously, you lied for effect, like you exaggerated for effect. But um, I have this new web series. I'd love you to watch it. And if you like it, maybe you could share it on your socials. I was like, this is LA in a nutshell. Oh. That is literally a man like forcibly tries to get a hand job, asks you for a drive, which he doesn't need, uh. and then follows up by saying, could you promote my web series for me? God, he just, he just got a show greenlit at Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crackle just picked up yeah. his podcast to a 40 yeah. episode deal. 40 episodes. <laughs> it's all about... High hand jobs. All about it. All about it. But boys being boys. You know what I mean? Oh my God. You want to hear about Thailand? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) So gross. What what a nightmare sentence to hear. Yeah. Uh, are you sure? Because it's a bit of a different trip for a woman than a man, or man than a woman. I mean, what a uh, what a ding dong. Um, but yeah, that was the one where I felt like. And again, I mean, listen, there's been other times where I've obviously been nice to a fault, but that one, I I still am haunted to this day that I felt like I had to give this man a ride for those two blocks. Yeah. Also, like, just valet, dude. I know. Just just car, valet also, your car. Yeah. <laughs> also a red flag. You gotta, you, exactly. You can't spend the five bucks on the valet. Because that's the other thing, people who are not from LA, valet is very cheap because yeah. you have to do it everywhere. Yeah. So it's not like it's like a $25 no, no, no. thing. Very reasonable. Very reasonable, yes, depending very reasonable. on where you're at. Yes. Anyway. God. Stupid. Uh, just the, so stupid. The boldness. The, the boldness. boldness matches the friendliness and openness of people like us. And it's, right. That's where... That's where victims happen. <laughs> Again, the predators. Yeah. That's when they descend. Yeah. Like a vampire onto a nubile child. I don't know. I don't know. That that analogy went somewhere. It didn't go where I oh, wanted it, it to go. All right. <laughs> when you told me about this theme, I was like, oh, there's... I told my wife. I was like, uh, the theme is nice to fall. And my wife was like, oh, I mean, home run for you. Like, <laughs> Any day of your life. <laughs> Again, this is why I was like, I think this is the perfect theme to, to talk about with John. And I was, but I, but then I was struggling. I was like, what is, what is like one story? And it's, it's almost like there isn't one. There's just so many different vignettes of ways that I've just backed myself into a corner of, right? You know, 
it's 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 not like avoiding confrontation. It's just worried about hurting someone's feelings to a point where like I have finally in the last really it's been like the last two years gotten to a point where coming to terms with oh people don't care like they right there it's not as big in their head as it is in yours in my head yes. it's, it's, a, it's a mushroom cloud I'm like oh my god I can't have this conversation it's gonna break this person's heart or right it's gonna, you know they're gonna freak out uh I have two very quick ones one uh when we when my wife and I first moved into our house we were renting it and we had like no money and uh my wife wanted to get a housekeeper once a month uh, right which was like reasonable but at the same time I'm like god it's still kind of you know like we had no money at the time right like, okay and that same day this nice elderly woman was going door to door leaving her cards and mailboxes for cleaning services and right it's like this is you know you know serendipitous sure let's hire her we hired her she came the first day uh didn't charge that we, we have uh, we, we were renting a bigger house at the time so it was like a four bedroom and she did the whole house she was there for eight hours and like charged a hundred bucks oh wow which is like very cheap very cheap yeah get get what you pay for uh <laughs> she she finished the first one and it was just like it wasn't good right but I'm like, things are kind of dusted and this is like kind of satisfying, like sure. my wife's want for this. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is great. And, uh, you know, after about six months, my wife's like, you know, she doesn't do deep cleaning. She ever like once every uh, two weeks. So twice a month, I'm like, okay, fine. She's very bad. She's very bad. <laughs> she's there for eight hours a day. She's not good with our dogs, even though our dogs are great. It's right. It's a whole deal where now we have to hire dog boarding for when she comes. So it's not just... Paying her, oh, it's not boarding no. the dogs. Then, like clockwork, every week she comes, one item is broken, <laughs> and she she presents it to us. Right? And not she would like she'd come up with like the old Polaroid camera and be like, "This broke." Not like I broke this. Right. Or like a vase, like this broke. <laughs> and like the different things, she just broke an item a day. Not good. She was our housekeeper until two weeks ago. So this is for seven years we had her. And oh, seven years yes. <laughs> because I, my wife was, we have to get rid of her. Right. I would do side cleaning. Like while my wife was still at work and our housekeeper left, I would clean for an hour to, to compensate. Be like, cause I can't deal with telling her to clean better. <laughs> yes. And I for sure can't fire her. Like, right. Not this, you know, of course I built it up in my head. We get given her, you know, a $15 raise every year. So like we were up to like a hundred 60 bucks a time, 170 bucks a time or something like for that. For you to do side cleaning. Yes. <laughs> and we just had a baby and it was like, it took a child to give me the out to what I needed to, to let her go. Eventually. Right. And that out was still a lie. It was, we went to her and we were like, Hey, so I, I, my wife's name is Annika. I was like, Annika's cousin is coming to live with us and uh, she can't pay rent. So instead of rent, she's going to clean the house and help with the baby. And our house, and I, and I was like, here is three months severance. <laughs> so my, my wife is furious. I was like, I'm going to give her three months. But I was like, no, pay her for like one more week. Like, she's fine. She doesn't come here every day. I was like, it's got to be three months. <laughs> I gave her three months severance. Oh, my God. And when I when I broke the news to her, she, it, it's like she'd been expecting it for seven years. Like I, I, She almost said the word, like, duh. Like, <laughs> she was like, oh, okay, great. Sounds good. Uh, send me a picture of the baby. We'd love to see the baby. That was it. 
And oh. I built it up in my head of like this big thing and should have done it seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, isn't that the worst? Because then you're like, could I get that money back? I know. If you're cool with this, like yeah. maybe even two months of it, you hey, know? you know what? I really overshot. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to take this way worse. <laughs> what about a week's severance? <laughs> It's gone at that point. This this resonates with me so deeply because Ugh. I am the only person I know. Here we go, oversharing, and this is where it happens. I'm the only person I know that has never had and currently doesn't have a housekeeper of any kind. Oh, yeah. I don't have anyone come and clean my house ever. And part of the reason why, and I know this sounds insane, is the idea of having to potentially fire somebody. Yes. I'm like, it cripples me. Yeah. Well, it's it's. When, I think you're the same way. When there's someone in your life and that regularity at close proximity. They're not just someone who's like pops by. It's like, right. oh, this is someone who's like, like, it's not a stretch to be like, oh, uh, she was at her Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, there's a close person now. Right. So it's like, you know, th- th- these bonds form very quickly. Sure. And they're hard to break. I have a gardener. That is the one thing I have because yes. I don't want to mow my own lawn and yes, stuff like yes. that. Mostly because of time. Yes. Um, and, and I I really want him to do some more things. And I'm like, I can't ask. Can't ask. No way. <laughs> No, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> no way. I had a tree break in half and fall onto my lawn. Yeah. And I didn't even think to call him. No. I was looking into like tree removal services. And then and then part of me goes, maybe this is something you could reach out to the gardener about. And he was there within two hours. Of course. Took it down. Was of like, course. I'll prune the rest of the yes. trees for you. And I was yes. like, why have I felt, why do I have this fear to ask this, this person who I am paying yes. to do what I want them to do? Absolutely. Don't want to, don't want to impose. Don't want to impose. Don't want to be rude. <laughs> Yeah. God. Yeah. It's really a thing. The The other thing that, you know, when I thought of this, when I was thinking about this, that yeah. tied into it was, uh, again, from Midwest, once a month, uh, my brother, who's also in this business, uh, my brother and I will get a call from our dad or usually at this point, an email because right. of like, hey, uh, my friend, uh, Gene Steinberg, his nephew, uh, you know, uh, went to Colgate University, which is where I went. He's like, so there's a connection there, but his nephew's best friend wants to be a writer in Hollywood. He just moved out there. If you could, you know, nothing big, but if you could have coffee with him. Uh-huh. We get like one of those once a month. And it's always some like chain of like connection of like a friend of a friend. It's like six degrees of separation. Yes. And first of all, like I don't get to have coffee with my best friends in Los Angeles. Totally. Like it's not, it's... It's not an easy city to just have that happen. Totally. And the travel time alone, depending yes. on what this other person is yes. and your schedule and you're on a TV show, you're, you've got your other show that you're doing, you have a, a, a wife and a child. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. it is a lot. It's it's a lot. It's and an ask. It's it's a big ask. Yeah. And I, this was the one, the straw that broke the camel's back. And every time it happened, like, you know, my brother and I would text me like, Jesus, did you see dad? Did you see, you know, <laughs> like Michael Feinberg has like... <laughs> A niece who went to Hebrew school with us, but like ten years after us. So, and she, you know, would love PA work. And we, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know anyone who can. I don't even know. No, I, how do you even begin? I don't have the connect. Like Hollywood doesn't work how people think it works. Totally. Uh, so, so the one that broke the camels back to where I we had the conversation with my dad of like, never again. Like it has to be blood relative, and <laughs> like they have to come to my house and make the coffee. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and it's 15 minutes. <laughs> And we start the timer when they walk in the door. So get those coffee filters out because you're on a timeline. On a timer. Yes. Uh, it was this kid who, again, was like a friend of a friend, but went to the same high school as Ike and I. And he's already in the business out there. And uh, he liked uh, he liked to write. And I do a poker game with his 
with his best friend's dad. So it really helped me out. I'm like, okay. <sighs> so I happened to be doing a show that night uh, with Rob Belushi. We're doing our show. And, you know, all I hear is like, oh, this is someone who we can invite to the show to get another butt in the seat. He's sure. Like, Perfect. So he comes to the show. This kid talks the entire show. Like he's never no. been to a live com, like an improv show before. Uh. And he's like, he's, he thinks it's an interactive process. And he gets it, you know, about halfway through the show and he stops. But that was like strike one. I'm like, what? What the fuck? What is this yeah. kid doing? Yeah. Uh, so then at the bar afterwards, I'm talking to him. And this is four years ago, three years ago. So this is before Weinstein stuff. And he was, he'd just come from Weinstein's company. Right. Where he was like doing some desk stuff. Uh, and he'd written a script and he was like, and I'd really just like to write if you could pass the script onto your reps. And I was like, yeah, uh, let me read it. And for sure. And he was like, nice enough. Sure. I get the script. It was so hate filled and angry (laughs) against. It was like the script was a guy who lived in West Hollywood. And like, like the stage direction was like, uh, the, the sunlight comes through the window and, and you know, shines upon our hero. This is Jake, and Jake likes to fuck. <laughs> and it's like, what? Oh. And it was all this about this guy who just like had sex with a bunch of women oh, in no. West Hollywood. I'm like, I think you're you're writing what you think moving out here would be for you. And but it was it was so so offensive, right? And but I I, I didn't want to come back and be like, this is so offensive. So I was like, hey, I don't even know where to begin to note it, but. My recommendation would be is like go back and just write it as real as possible. And right. I was like, is Jake you? And he's like, yeah, Jake's me. I'm like, great. Just like make it as real as possible, and you know, uh, let me know. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And he's like, I think it's okay as it is, but okay. Uh... He's like, all right, you know, do what I can. Uh, don't hear from him for like three months, and then one day I see like on Twitter or Facebook or something, he had posted uh, his start of a podcast, and. It was uh, called uh, the Hollywood Liberal Tears. Oh boy! To which my first thought was like, you know what? This this kid did like he's like this Jewish kid from Chicago went to my high school. I'm like, oh, we're like minded. Yeah. You know? He, I was like, oh, he's doing putting on a character. Like this is pretty smart. This could right. be like a Sasha Baron Cohen thing. Like this is smart. Right, like, right. And I hit play, and he's very much you know he sounds like a little mini Rush Limbaugh like right. living in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is like kind of funny. And then like 10 minutes goes by. I'm like, oh, this isn't, this isn't a character. This is not a bit. Uh, this guy is just like a heart, like took a hard right turn after I told him like his script is really offensive. Right. <laughs> and like, and like wouldn't work. And I was like, this is the person I wasted, you know, 20 hours on between like, you know, having him come to the show yeah. and the script and like. Yeah, and that was time. Like, I, I called my dad. I was like, "Hey, I can't, I can't no. do this anymore. This is like, like, like I can't believe I wasted my time on this person." Well, and what's amazing is, is that you play an integral part in the origin story of this supervillain. This is that <laughs> this was is like his Joker. Joker. Yes, this is origin story. Yes, this, I just, yeah, I may have ended the world. You, I think you may have. I should have just liked his shit script. Yeah, <laughs> or just said you passed it on, and that you know you did your on. best. They thought it was great. Uh, they loved all the fucking. <laughs> they loved how he's a cool dude who fucks. <laughs> I still love that the first stage direction is Jake likes to fuck, and you're like, is, "Are you Jake?" And he's like, "Yeah." yeah. Then the subtext being like, "I like to bone." <laughs> oh, that's so bizarre. So like that was just like, and it's that's when I say like getting a little bit of that, that LA edge has yes. helped. You know, it's it's allowed me to protect my time totally. Uh, but 
yeah, it's a very real thing of just wanting to always help and be helpful and, you know, do nice things. Of course. Yeah. And listen, and also I feel like it's like you don't want to say no to your dad. That's very yes, sweet. Yes, of course. And then again, you didn't want to like be totally crushing of this guy's dreams, even though they were misguided. I yeah. totally get it. And there's enough like shit people in the world. And like sometimes people just need like a little, you know, positivity and need like a little nice bump. Yeah. It's like, but time and time again, it's like sometimes they need just to hear no. I know. Yeah. You know what I, I've started doing, and this has been really a challenge for me. I'll get people that reach out in various ways um, through various connections, and they're like, if you you know, had any advice for yeah. a young person who wants to be an actor, what would it be? And my answer is, which is true, is if you could be happy doing anything else, do that instead. <laughs> which is not to my nature. But I also am not trying to be mean. It's a very true thing. If yes. you, if there's abs if this is your true passion and you can't see yourself doing anything else, then yeah, you should absolutely pursue this. Absolutely. But if you'd be happy, you know, bacon, bacon muffins for a living yeah. or whatever, please, I yes. implore you. And what's amazing is that at first I felt really bad about it because whenever I respond to somebody on social media or, or something that way, it ends the conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, I've clearly <laughs> just crushed this person's dreams. But then I'm also like, I feel like it would be disingenuous to be like, great, here's what you got to do. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And like, yeah, that's such good advice. Like, don't come to dabble. Don't come to dabble. Don't come to dabble. No, because it'll eat you from the inside out. Yeah, that, I mean, I just got my book title. Don't come to dabble. Don't come to dabble. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood story. I remember there was a girl that reached out to me once, and she was was coming down here. And will you meet up? And uh, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, like through women for women through the Toronto comedy world. And I remember her like one of her opening lines to me was, "So how do you feel now that all your dreams have come true?" And I was like, well, I hope all my dreams haven't come true. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, you have to still have somewhere to go, yeah. don't you? Um, and then we were at this restaurant in West Hollywood, and Sarah Silverman was at the next table, and she was like, will you take a picture of me with Sarah Silverman in the background? And I was like, absolutely not. No, I will not do that. I will not do that. Um, and then at, and then as Sarah Silverman was leaving, she chased after her to talk to her. And then we were outside and she was like, oh, can you take a picture of me with Sarah Silverman? Hands me her phone. And then a car pulls up and it's Kate McCucci and Ricky Lindholm. And I knew Ricky from doing, uh, she did a guest star on the show I was on at the time, Super Fun Night. Sure. So she's talking to me. Sarah knows them. So she's talking to them. And then she says something about like, oh, these two tourists are here from Toronto. And I was like, I'm not oh a tourist. I'm on a television show with your friend. We have this mutual friend, but it's not, <laughs> there's no point. There's no point in me saying any of this. Um, but that's, that was the moment for me when I was like, no more. Yeah. No more. Again, unless you're a blood relative. Yes. And yeah, yes. yeah, you want to come with a basket of cakes. Yes, I'm absolutely. out. And there's also so little, like, advice. Happy to happy to say whatever I can. Sure. It's great to ha that you have that stock sentence down or that paragraph. That's great. Because like, yeah. in terms of like getting work, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how it happens. Look, nobody does. No. It's it's like equal parts. <laughs> I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like equal parts you know tenacity persistence yes. and luck yeah, like, it just is yes, 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 yes. it just is yes, yes. you know and and there's so many great people that that you know it takes 10 years and there's yeah. other people that are great that it takes one yeah. week you if know I, if i was like james cameron i could be like yeah you can like be a supervising whatever on this project and yeah and, and hang out but like I, I can't do that I mean, I had someone ask me once, like, when I was first starting out and I had just done Conan for the first time, they were like, could you give my script to Conan? And I was like, what's Conan going to do for you? And also, like, why is he going to take it from me? Hey, Conan O'Brien, <laughs> I met you a couple times ever. 
here's a script uh, like it's just so bizarre I mean that was also the one story I, I shouldn't tell this I should save it but there was also a gentleman who I hooked up with and then yeah. the next day he was like I'm gonna quit my job and pursue acting can you talk to Conan for me oh it's so funny you say that I had an ex-girlfriend who uh we hadn't been dating for that long yeah and I was getting my packet together for SNL yeah and she was like uh hey I'm gonna I, I'd been working on my packet for three or four months. Right. And like, it was due like in like three days I was going to submit it. And I, uh, I was talking about how I was about to submit it. And she was like, Ooh, I'm going to put a packet together. Uh, it's in three days. Can you submit it through your reps for me? <sighs> and it was like, uh, I was like, ah, it was like so weird. We were already on the outs at that point. Yeah. So, so I was like, Ooh, you don't like, in, at least in my mind. Yeah. Like, Ooh, that, that ask was, uh, it makes a decision that I would <laughs> make anyway easier, but <laughs> also like it just diminished like the work, the time I had to put it in the last like few months. Yeah. To be like, Oh, you're going to throw it together in two days. And no, I mean, there was literally a time, there was another dude that I very briefly dated and, and while he was inside of me, he asked me if I could talk to the scare tactics producer for him to get him a job. Honest, and I was like, that, your dick is inside of me, bro. That sentence? <laughs> while he was inside of me, he asked if he could talk to the producer at scare tactics yeah, to get him a job. Get him a, get him a job. And the thing that's the worst to the theme of this episode was I continued to date him. <laughs> I dated him for another like month after that or something. Like, what was I doing? I mean, I did say, I mean, thankfully I did say like, um, cause he also had done stuff on the show. Like he knew him. So I was like, I think you can talk to him yourself. Also, like, do you want to get off me before we have this conversation? Um, yeah, that's again, kind, kind to a fault. That, that that really is where that comes in. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Feels like that's, that's the move. Maybe don't. Um, on that note, <laughs> what a joke. Uh, one of the great segments, one of the great segments on this show, segments. one of the great American segments of a podcast is what we're about to do, and it's called Dumb Lies We Tell. Um, but I do love this segment. So we ask uh, listeners to send in dumb lies. We read them. We talk about them. We tell our own dumb lies. Right. So I thought you'd like this one. I like to kind of find one that I think will respond to the person that I'm, I'm uh, having as a guest. So this person writes, I was in a weird relationship at the end of my senior year of college. We had broken up for like the fourth time and I had bought Willie Nelson tickets to try and win slash bribe this guy to get back together. He couldn't go to the concert. So I took my cousin instead. I was texting him, the ex-boyfriend, pictures of the concert and how he has missed out on a great night. I lied and told him that I met Willie and even got an autograph. He believed me, though I magically didn't have a picture of it. I Googled Willie Nelson's signature, forged it onto a bandana, and gave it to this ex-boyfriend. He was a huge fan and had it framed and displayed in his apartment. I eventually figured out this guy was an asshole, so I stopped talking to him. I'm now happily married. I don't feel bad about giving him a fraudulent gift, but I wonder from time to time if he still has it hanging up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... She set up the greatest, like, the greatest, like, slice of revenge. Oh, <laughs> like that's, so that's, good. That's so It's great. a fake autograph. It's a fake autograph. I would never think to go that far as a way to win somebody back. Yeah. I mean. It's also a, like, the, the person who would be won back by that is maybe not the person you should be with. Totally. Like, like, like he's talking to his buddies, like, yeah, I was good at ditch her, but then she got me a Willie Nelson autograph. <laughs> I'm going to fucking marry her. <laughs> On a bandana, bro. A bandana. That is it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess what she was trying to show him was like, listen, 
you know, I got this amazing, uh, you know, token of my memory, um, you know, whatever. And I'm giving it to you. Like, what a martyr. Look at me. Yeah. And you're right. I don't know that that's the person. No. I don't know that that's the guy. No. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm trying. And then this made me think. I was like, gosh, I I also realized that, you know, as I've shared things with you in the past five minutes, like I'm somebody who forgave a man for (laughs) asking me to get him a job while he was having sex with me. Maybe I can't drudge this person. (laughs) And when I first read this, I thought it was extreme. But now in this moment, I'm like, you know what? She didn't. Yeah, it's not so bad. (laughs) Not so bad. We've all done stuff, you know. While he was inside me, he asked (laughs) if he could put me in touch with one of the producers of scare tactics <laughs> to get a job but again he was also working on the show i was like you have a direct line which is you know them oh, you don't need me it's so amazing it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad what a joke there was a guy uh in the the day school the jewish day school that uh yeah, uh, I'm only kind of Jewish, by the way. I know I've mentioned it a bunch of times. <laughs> you mentioned really, it a lot. Hebrew really school, have, day schools. The Hebrew school is the same as the Jewish day. Oh, school, excuse so me. So sorry. Only so until sorry. fifth grade, uh, and I'm I'm only a halfsy. Uh, I don't even know why I had to say that. Uh, <laughs> You're allowed. I'm allowed. But the, the, we have an auction every year uh, to raise money for the school, and there's a very rich family in Chicago called the Pritzkers. Yeah, their names and everything. They own like the Hyatts, I think, um, and. Margot Pritzker was in charge of putting together the auction items. And there was a dad at the school who, uh, you know, people were like, I can get a lettuce entertain you, which is a restaurant, like restaurant group in Chicago. Oh yeah. I, I remember lettuce entertain your group, give a certificate. Uh, people would volunteer different things. This dad was like, uh, I can get a Michael Jordan. This is in 1993. Okay. So I can get a Michael Jordan signed autographed, uh, Jersey. I can get a, uh, uh, a Walter Payton signed football. And, like he, was like the holy grail of autographs. Yeah. Get. Presented them. They auctioned them off. They went for like, you know, five grand at auction, <laughs> 10 grand at auction. Oh no. And someone called in like two weeks after the auction and they called Margo and was like, Hey, I'm looking at this Michael Jordan uh, autograph and it's, it just seems off from, I just took it. I guess the person went to get it appraised. And right. Like, it's, it, it, they wouldn't authenticate it. Like they wouldn't match it. So Margo like called the guy in and he broke down crying <laughs> and he was like, I thought I could get it. I couldn't get any of them. I confessed that he just autographed all of them. Oh my God. <laughs> they had to reach out to all the parents who like bought these items and like refund their money. And oh. this poor guy, I mean, the guy shouldn't have lied. But of course. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? There's something about a true, um, like a non double down. Like the fact that he yeah. just cried and was like, I got in too deep. I got in too yeah, deep with the like, autographs. Uh, yeah. Michael was sick that day. So his autograph yeah. was off. It's a that's classic sick Michael. Oh, there's yeah. so, oh, that's heartbreaking. I try bit off more than I could chew. He just started crying. Oh <laughs> my God. Well, uh, bless him. At least maybe the confession bought him some, some peace. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. The, uh, the time that I, a lie that I can remember. Yeah. Me. Uh, the movie The Matrix came out my senior year in high school, mm. and it was it was like as mind blowing as we all remember. It was totally. like it changed everything. Yeah, the weekend it came out, you could you couldn't get tickets in Chicago because right. there's so much hype around it. And uh, it was a Friday night. My mom was out of town, so my dad was like, "What are you doing tonight?" And I was like, "I'm gonna go hang out uh, with Robbie Dolezal." And we were going to like a house party. But as a lie, which my dad would have been fine with, but as a lie, I was just like, he got tickets to the Matrix. We're going to see the Matrix. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. I got tickets for tomorrow night. I wanted to, see, wanted to go tomorrow night. And I was like, no, I'll still, I'll still go tomorrow night too because I'll, I'll probably like it so much. And right. So 
I went to this party with Robbie and the next day, uh, I, I, next day my dad's like, how's the movie? I was like, it is mind blowing. <laughs> like it, it changes everything. Everything I've read from reviews. It's right, just, right. I'm just like repeating back. So I still go to the movie with my dad that night and it sucked. It, it, this experience is ruined for me because these, it was one of those movies where like you see things that you just never seen before and you had these like visceral reactions. Like, right. Oh my God. And everyone's having them around us, including my dad. But I had to act like, isn't this cool? Like, yeah, isn't that cool how they move, how they fly like that? Isn't that cool? Like, like I had to pretend I was seeing it for the second time. So I, I couldn't be as blown away. So I robbed this experience of myself. I was like, very reserved. Like, like that first like roof jump, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's, that's what I saw last night too. Isn't that crazy? I'm as amazed last night as you were tonight <laughs> oh my god i feel like it's so rare for that to happen in life normally it's like you have to pretend to see something for the first time yes. it's very rare that you have to stifle a reaction i had i had, I had to keep it all in and it, oh. it ruined the experience oh my god <laughs> poor poor little so unnecessary poor little johnny b that yeah. is so sad oh my god did he ever find out that it, did you ever tell him the truth i told him like uh a year or not even a year ago last time they were in town i I, I thought about this story because the Matrix is on TV, and I told my dad that, and he's like, "Why didn't Why didn't you just tell me you went to the house party?" I was like, "I don't know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> no idea. Didn't want to, didn't want to get in trouble. Didn't yeah. want to, oh my oh, gosh, God. if only you'd taken a page from that dad forging autographs, you know." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was thinking about a dumb lie. The one that made me think that actually connects to the, the theme of this episode was, uh, so my best friend, Leslie Seiler, friend of the show, uh, she, uh, her mother was flying in to Toronto for, to surprise her for her, her uh, bridal shower. And I was her maid of honor. I was flying in from Chicago for this bridal shower. So we, we, we made this ruse where I said to her, listen, I'm flying in on Friday night. Can you come and pick me up from the airport? The reality was her mother was flying in Friday night. I was flying in Saturday. So she thought she was picking me up and then surprise, she's actually picking up her mother. Okay. Beautiful. So nice. So there was one point that I almost, left, I almost messed up and, and, you know, said something about, you know, well, I won't be there till Saturday or something, but I caught myself. But the level at which this lie ate me apart... <laughs> Because I've never lied to her about anything. Sure. And every day, it was like a darkness just en- engulfing me. And, and it's such a, it's such a bizarre that this is the way I work. Anyway, so Friday night, she goes and picks up her mother. She, she texts me, and I call her immediately. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to lie. I've never lied to you. I feel like I failed you. <sighs> we talk about it to this day because it was like, the, the, again, it was the only time I've ever lied to her. And sure. I was like, I'm not built for this. And even though it's for a good thing, right? it's still being like, I'm showing you what I'm capable of if I've ever lied for a right, bad thing. Right, right. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want you to even have it in your head. Yes. I don't want you to think I'm capable. I don't, I'm not capable of it. Oh, it was terrible. Like every time oh. I'd have to be like, yes, yes, picking me up on Friday, <laughs> gulp. Like it was, yeah, again, we bring it up to this day. I mean, just last night even, there was something that I, I've kept from her. <laughs> She's going to love that I'm telling this story. Oh God, I can't even believe this. All right, I'm just going to get into it. So her last night at the Second City, we, there's always a big party. Yeah. And she gave a speech and in the speech, she didn't really, she kind of lumped me with a bunch of other people. It was like all the other women I've been on main stage with, you know, naming these names yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, 
and she didn't really give me a shout out, which listen, I mean, it's very stressful in that moment. You're making a speech off the cuff, like whatever. Yes. But people did come up to me through the night. We're like, we're surprised that she didn't really say more about you since you guys are so close. Anyway, I've kept this from her for 10 years because I know that she has speech regret in general. She's always sure. like, did I say the wrong thing? Did I say enough? Anyway, it came up last night and, and just the devastation that was on her face that she's like, I can't believe I did that to you. What was I thinking? She then we we parted ways last night and I start texting her and I'm like I I feel like I've I've destroyed you like I I can't why did I not why did I have to tell you like why did I, it's been ten years why now why yeah. on Halloween yeah. why now <laughs> and uh, and then she doesn't text me back which isn't unlike her because she probably fell asleep when she got home anyway this morning I'm like look I I this is I am dead I am dead on the inside I need you to acknowledge like I am so sorry then I start thinking like that's it our friendship's over 17 years of my best friendship done I t- I painted a story in my head that it was like she's gone home she's told her husband everything she's saying like I don't know how I can be friends with Ash anymore like I mean again just like the ex- she's so dumb yeah so dumb yeah Anyway, long story short, I did talk to her on the way here. She's fine. She's like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. She was like, <laughs> she, she, of course, is like, I do feel bad, but I, I'm, the story I told was not true. Yes, yes. <laughs> of course it wasn't. What a crazy person. <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever build up like it, it, something in your head and then you talk to the person and they're like, always. no, man. Always. Right? Yes, always. Yeah, it's always a five alarm fire. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this, it's over. It's all over. Yeah. Friendship done. Done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, always. It's just, I think it's, again, it's a product of there's like this like weird guilt of wanting to be a pleaser. And, yes. And, yeah. I mean, I've talked about it in therapy. Yeah. You know, I think, like, I'm like, is, because the weird thing is too, like, I do expect a certain level of my, you know, right. You know, consideration of my sure. friends too, but not anything near what I, think that they expect what everyone should expect of me totally so like, so i'm like where does that come from what is going on yeah like what fucked up thing happened when i was younger <laughs> that i can't remember that like i am like i have to like make sure that everyone like feels so good and is, is happy and copacetic and, i know yeah we're cut from the same cloth yeah Okay, it's the final segment of the show. Is, Never... it, is it one of America's favorite segments? It's one of America's favorite segments. I love it. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing is, is that this podcast has two of America's favorite segments. It's it's huge. As it's voted huge. on by me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's called Never Let Go. And this is just about a grudge. Just about a grudge. Now, I was trying to think again. I was like, what's a grudge? Now, this actually inspired me. You inspired me during this podcast. And I'll, uh, it'll make sense in a second. So there was one day I was driving in LA. I got off and on off ramp and there's a homeless man with one leg yeah. asking for money. I keep an emergency 20 in my glove box because who knows? Sure. You're, it's a good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought to myself, you know what? I think, I think I haven't used this emergency 20 in like six months. I'm going to give it to this guy. Yeah. Rolled down the window, comes over and literally like is so out of his mind on whatever. I'm not exaggerating. I wrote it down. These were the words he said to me. Bubble clown cat boy. <laughs> literally bubble clown cat boy is how he opens as he's taking but it's it's as uh, do you have change for 20 (laughs) it's literally as he's taking the money from my hand so i'm already like what am i doing oh god and then he sees that it's a 20 and that seems to bring him like a a little bit of lucidity and he goes oh ma'am oh wow i I will i will spend this well you don't need to worry about that straight to clap boy i was going to straight to cat boy uh bubble clown cat boy uh he was like i promise you i promise you i will not spend this frivolously whatever and i said okay thank you so much thank you and he goes 
I want to tell you something. And I was like, oh, no. And he goes, uh, you know, a lot, you may think that we're not into the bigger women like you, but a lot of us are. <laughs> I was like, I'm in a vehicle, first of all. You can't see my body. You can see me from maybe like like mid-chest up. Oh, no. And he's like, I know what you think. You think we're all into the skinny minis, but there's some of us, they like a big, full-figured gal like you. And at that point, I was like, I want my money back. <laughs> I want my money back. It's literally like you giving the three-month severance. I was yeah. like, well, how can I get this back? Yeah. I've given my emergency 20. <laughs> To this man on the side of the road who now has oddly body shamed me God. in a weird left-handed compliment, backhanded compliment. And I, yeah. Anyway, so that one really, that one really stung. That's a grudge that I won't let go to. No. Let go of. No. That right? guy's an enemy. He's Absolutely. an enemy. Absolutely. Bubble clap cowboy. What a weird. He just got signed. A, a Amazon just picked up his show. <laughs> Bubble clown cowboy. Yeah, yeah. To 300 episodes. Oh my God, he's gonna be working forever, forever, ever. Oh, what a uh. joke. <laughs> anyway, that's my grudge of the day, and uh, never let go, never I, letting go. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. I was I was thinking uh, when you told me about this segment, I was thinking about like this was a really hard one for me at first. And I was thinking because I was like, I, I truly don't keep grudges. It, it's just something that I, I just uh, I've found always a way to be like, not not even forgive. Like I'm, it's not right. even like. I'm that good of a person where I found a way to forgive. I just sure. found a way to be like, eh, I don't care. Right. To bigger fish to fry. Sure. Except there's, there's one person in my, <laughs> in my whole life who I will just, I, I don't, I, when, when I have bad experience with people too, I don't even talk about it. Cause I'm always like people, I know people are like, everyone can have an off day. I yeah. think everyone can have like endless off days. Sure. You know? And like, so, so I don't even relay that, but there is one person who I am always happy to relay. And, uh, that is a man by the name of Jim Belushi. <laughs> I just love that he's going for it. This uh, is amazing. He, he is. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my best friends is, is Jim's son, Rob. Of course. friends with. I know. We're he's both. such an amazing, great person. Such a great person. Yes. The apple fell very far from the tree. It was a different tree, <laughs> I think. And it wasn't even an apple. Just different fruit altogether. Rob is a sweetheart. He is such a good guy. Uh, he also, if he had to answer this question, Jim Belushi would be his <laughs> That's why I'm very comfortable. You feel totally this. fine. Oh yes, I love it. Uh, Rob and I uh, toured with him. Rob and I did like a college tour when we first moved out here to make money and go improvise and teach workshops at college colleges and convince them that we were worthy of teaching workshops right. and take their money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we, Rob is reconnecting with his dad at this point, and his dad was like, I- "I'd love to come on one of these things." And uh, to come and perform, or to yes, come, okay, to, to come perform. You gotcha. Like, oh, that could be fun. Like that will for sure, you know, be good for us. Yeah. Like, if he misses live performing, like because he did Second City way back in the day. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. So we did one, and like it worked out okay. Like it was, it was fine. And uh, Jim had the time of his life, and he was like, "We're doing this. We're making this thing. We're putting a whole tour group together." And Rob and I were like, "Well, we already tour," and he's like. Well, we'll incorporate that to it. And I was like, okay, great. And Rob and I called ourselves, it was the cheesiest name in the world, it was the Chicago Board of Comedy. <laughs> and Jim's like, we'll use that name, that's great. And uh, uh, we brought in some other people uh, from Second City, like uh, Josh Funk and right. know, Larry Joe Campbell, who was yeah. on Jim's show, and Megan Grano, like really great improvisers. And we set a schedule. Like we played like, you know, 30 shows in a year, 40 Whoa. shows in a year, all over like Charlotte and like, a lot of the middle of the country were according to Jim was still syndicated and people love him. And right. Like, and 
first month, best gig in the world. It's high paying. You're getting paid for improv now. Yeah. There's like someone else handling all the travel. It's not me and Rob running gunning. And then like it very quickly turned to like, we were like, like Jim, the, the R. Kelly prisoner of Jim Belushi. Like, <laughs> we couldn't leave our rooms. Like there, there were these, what we'd land in cities and it'd be like, one of the part, fun parts of touring, which you can attest to is like, yeah. you get to check out, you know, this you know, Tulsa for a day. Places you would never normally yes, go. you get to check out Tulsa, yeah. hang with people, and then do a show that night. And right. So we land in these places. We would do a show right away that night, and there'd be a second show the next night, so we presumably have the next day free. And it's like we land in like Raleigh, North Carolina. And yeah. Like, oh, great, we're going to check this out. And about a month or two into this thing, Jim started having rules of, uh, all right, next morning, we're all meeting in my room at uh, 10 a.m., we're gonna have breakfast, and uh, we're gonna pitch some movie ideas. And we're like, oh, oh what is boy? What is it? What is it? What, what is this? It we every tour we would have to meet in his hotel room or somewhere in the hotel. No free time. Like he's he all he only wanted to control time. We were pitching movie ideas that we could then like pitch on his be like movies that Jim could be in. Oh my god! And the idea was like he's like we'll all write it together and we'll all make this thing. We'll be in it and like. He was just like collecting ideas and it was like, it was prison. It was like, it was like prison. It was crazy. <laughs> this is insane. Oh, it was, and like, and these shows were supposed to be improv, but they were all scripted. Like this is, he wanted to plan the improv ahead of time. We would have a successful short form scene. Right. The first one we ever did was we were two cops and it was a take that back, which is the bell game, which is where you have to say different thoughts. You say a line, someone rings a bell. You have to replace it with a new line. Exactly. It's a classic improv game. Classic improv game. Yeah. And, uh, the scene went well, and the next show, uh, we get a suggestion, and the lights go dark before the scene starts, and in the darkness, Jim goes to me, go to the car, do the same thing as last time. So I, I And I'm really like, oh, oh God. lights come back up, and I like kind of stumble on my opening line, because I don't really know what it is, and Jim looks at me like, that's not the one. And then I remember it, and then we continue in the scene, that just felt so dirty. We're reenacting the same scene, not getting laughs anymore, by the way, because it's not spontaneous. Right. But that's what the show turned into. It's just like kind of fixing games, you know? This is crazy. Yeah. So like, Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the, the same, the fun of the first couple months was yeah. like new scenes and like you're playing the same game, but right. like different. Like, it just then became like you're collecting a check and you're, re, you're like, go, you're doing the exact same scenes. Right. And it's not fun anymore. It's like no. dirty and like, oh, and he, it, a breaking point finally came like a year in where like this meeting in his hotel room, Rob and I were both like, no, we're going to go hang out and go for a jog. And yeah. Go lunch somewhere. Yeah. And within two months he had fired both of us from the tour that we had started. And, Oh my God. And Oh no, what he did was he, he fired Rob and then tried to leverage it against me. He was like, <laughs> he was fired like, his own son and tried to leverage it against his best friend. Yes, He said, well, you guys are kind of a team. So you, Rob can come back if you split your fee. Like, cause you guys, that's what they do for writing teams. I was like, Oh, Stop so make it. less than everyone have his mount, but still get do the <laughs> same work. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's an, I can't do that, man. And the one thing like Jim controls the money in my opinion. And he, uh, I, I didn't care about that. So he didn't yeah. really know what to do with me. Yeah. And, uh, not that I didn't need the money, but like, I wouldn't like let that, you know, make a decision for me. Right. And, yeah, he was like, Rob can come back if we split this. And I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And uh, yeah, we played one last show in Las Vegas. And it was 
gross. He called both of our wives up on stage as volunteers and like made them do yoga poses. Like this was like this is mind blowing. This is and Robin like Robin and I did our last scene on that show. Yeah. We went backstage and we we're like, we're done. This is so great. Meanwhile, in the last game that's happening, he calls our wives on stage for a volunteer and has them do like they're wearing like skirts and stuff. And he like he's doing this like interstitials between games where like he's putting them like yoga, like really creepy stuff. And we came out of the show being like, that's great. And like, like saw them afterwards right. and they're like, did you see that last scene? We're like, no. Uh, like furious. Like, like I will for, I, I forever tell people like how gross he is. And yeah. He's not a nice person, bad person. The this, opposite of his persona. Right. And that's what, that, like, it's the same effect of, you know, this person who has a persona of like success and like, he's this Midwestern dad and a good yeah. guy, but like really he's the furthest thing. From it. It's just a creep. It's like Disney villain level. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like really like yeah. Ursula the Sea Witch. Yes. Mixed with Gaston. Yes. It's really, really yes. dark. Yes. I love, th- you know what? I have this grudge now. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I only met him one time it was, yeah. and it was at the Second City of Chicago. And you know what's so funny is that now this all makes sense because he wanted to do the improv set, but he wanted everything pre-planned. Yep. So he wanted to start on this blackout where yeah. it was like, um, of the white guy rapper? No, it was the lighting the cigarette. Oh yeah, we did that. Which uh, is like it turns out to be a blowjob joke. Yes, well, he, he has to do it with a woman. He had us do that in our show, and I had to do it because I was the newbie, and the other girls Jesus. were like, "This is your time. We've done it too many times." God. Man, and you know what the thing is about people who do improv? Like we fight all the time because people who watch it they go, "Is this real? Is this scripted?" Yes. And we're always like, "No, it's real." It's real yes. And it is a skill that not a lot of people are yes. really really excel at. And yes. those of us who do, which both of us do, yeah. that is a thing that you constantly battle. So somebody who's like trying to get you to literally be a fraud in your own craft that it's you excel at. So dirty. It's so dark. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. And it's like Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. again, like, oh wow, a father firing his own son and then saying, "We can have him back if you guys split your fee." Yeah. I'm and glad they, you called this guy out. They haven't talked. I mean, they they don't talk. Why would they? Yeah, yeah. It's it's he's. he's That's bad guy. amazing. Yeah, yeah, bad guy. Bad guy. Not good guy. Not a good guy. Not a good guy. <laughs> wow. And I bet you it was one of those things too that like this obviously again because Rob again is just is also somebody who's so nice and kind. I'm yeah. sure the two of you like grappled throughout all of this. Like it's like even if this was somebody who wasn't in his life for a long time and then came back into his life. Like I'm sure you didn't want to like you know, turn on him too quick. Of it was like, not. oh, how do we, you no, know, navigate for me, this? And, for me, oh. it's the worst boss I ever had. For Rob, it's that, plus it's his dad. So it's like, wow, it's so hard. It's, it's Rob's a very strong person to, yeah. you know, deal with. He's, he's all, you know, yeah. He talks about this all the time. He's in recovery. And, right. Know, this is, he's such a good, you know, voice for yeah. people like this who don't have <laughs> figures that they can necessarily look up to growing up. Right, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, thank you for the overshare. You've, I think if I was going to give out an award for this <laughs> this season of the show so far, you would get the trophy because so that is an amazing overshare. I love that you called him out. I mean, yeah. again, I call out people on this show sometimes too and uh, it does feel cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. feels cathartic. Yes, yes. God, John Barinholtz, <laughs> this has been such a delight. What a delight. I thank you so much for coming and uh, being so lovely. Um, where can people find you on social media if you want them to find you? I am on Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet that often, but I'm there. I'm <laughs> at John Barinholtz. Yeah. And I'm also, I, I've been told I'm on Instagram. Yes. Uh, my wife has to help me. <laughs> that. But I'm Johnny Barron on there. Amazing. And there's no H in John, you guys. There's no H in John. No H. And I'm off Facebook. Good for you. Yeah. Toxic. That's it. 
It's too much. Make sure you check out Chicago Party Ant. It's on Netflix. I'm so excited. You created this with Chris Wataski. Chris Wataski and Katie Rich. Amazing. Two yes. amazing, hilarious people. All I'm so excited. I uh for for just a quick aside, there, this all started from a, a Twitter account. Yes, Chris's Twitter account. Yes. And I discovered this 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 Chicago Party Ant account started following me and I knew that it was a joke, that it was like something, you know, but I didn't know I was telling John this before. I didn't know who ran it. And it's so, so, so funny that I literally had drafted a message to this to this account asking, like, who are you? And I deleted it because I was like, No, 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 it's too magical. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. know. And then when I found out it was Chris that you were connected and everything I was like oh it's so brilliant I just yeah. I'm so excited for this show and I'm it's like it couldn't happen to nicer people oh. so you know when you see your friends um, succeed it's really and you know Rob Belushi's doing great too and now more yes. than ever I, f- I couldn't be happier for yes, him I know I know it's so great the game show it's great the best yeah. if you have a dumb lie email us at dumblieswetell at gmail.com maybe I'll read it on the show maybe I won't but you won't know unless you send one okay have a great day bye <laughs> <laughs>